The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's Steve and Jimmy back again. A new week chock full of sports and whatever. James, how are things? Well, Stevie, I'm good. I'm good. I'm relieved. You know, I, I got a question for you that I'll ask you uh, okay. in a bit because uh, I was I was watching uh, some stuff today and it, it completely brought me back to the nervous wreck of a parent that I am when my kids are competing in something. Okay. okay? So <laughs> even, even uh, my boys were both good basketball players. They both played for their high school team and I was just a mess when I'd go to their games, you know, just, just like <laughs> I couldn't watch. You know, I would have to pace. I would, I'd be freaking out. You know, I, I just and found it really very, bad when you're coaching them when you can't watch. <laughs> well, and I was coaching. I, I, I know. I, well, my buddy was coaching. I was kind of on the sidelines, but oh, okay. that was just community league. Okay. So that that was just a fun deal they did. But but I could playing. see you doing that. I could see you on the sideline coaching and just sort of just <laughs> looking right. at the uh, stands or something instead of the court. <laughs> right. I, or, or telling the kids, you know, I told my kid, he said, Dad, we need a coach. I want to put a team in with all my buddies. I said, that's fine but I'm not coaching. He said, well, yeah. <laughs> maybe you yeah. didn't hear me, dad. We need a coach. I said, <laughs> you guys coach yourself. Okay. You guys coach yourself, but I'll it's be the bad news game. bears. I think that was an entire movie in that right. same concept. <laughs> anyway, I couldn't, even when they were in, my daughter ran a little bit of track, you know, and she, 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 you know, God bless her. She, she tried her heart out. Uh, you know, the other kids seemed to run a little faster than her, but I, I just remember crying, watching her run an 800, you know, mm-hmm. breathless and, and trying to push it near the end and come over. It was just a wreck, you know? So I'm watching. The reason I bring that up is I'm watching the Briar semifinal today as we record this. Okay. Yeah. And Kevin Cooey got to the final and uh, Brendan Botcher is with team Alberta, which of course is Kevin Martin's son, Carrick curls on that squad. Okay. He's mm-hmm. the lead. So I had a vested interest in this thing and I was watching it texting with Kevin and uh, Botcher ends up winning this semifinal a couple hours ago, you know, with a, with an incredible, <laughs> incredible uh, shot at the end to, to win it in the 10th end. And I was pacing and freaking out. Cause I know Kevin, of course, and I know Carrick and go running around my kids and go, I can't, I can't, I can't handle my kids when they're, when they're, you know, they weren't high level performers. <laughs> so I said to Kevin, what's it like watching your kid? trying to vie for a national title, you know, to get in, to get into the final. And so he's got a, he's got a daughter too. Kevin Martin's got a daughter who's a highly competitive pitcher in, mm-hmm. in uh, uh, softball league. In, in fact, she's on a scholarship down in the States. And he said, uh, I said, how do you do it, man? I can't, I can't, <laughs> like I said, I can't, I can't watch my kids doing anything. Yeah. I said, you got to be the nervous dad today. I said, I'm effing nervous. And I can't imagine having my son. He says, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> well, and some degree of uh, experience in the in the deal, too. And naturally, we'll already know the result by the time people are listening to our voice right now. But, I mean, it should be noted that Brendan Botcher and, and Kevin's son, they've been part of a rink that has been bridesmaids for three straight years. So this is their fourth straight Briar final. And I'm hoping that the news is good as people are hearing our voice that... Finally, Team Botcher got off the schneid in the Briar final. Maybe their time has come, but when you talk about kids and, and their parents, 
it'd be a whole different thing in uh, in the reverse order if you're the kid and you're watching your parent out right. on the football field, for example. And I think about Drew Brees and his family. He and his family basically had probably the most unique. People hate when you say most unique. It's either unique or it isn't. Right. Or a new record. Wasn't that the yeah. other one you used to correct? Yeah, a new record. Yeah. A new record. Yeah, they're all new. Okay. That's right. a record. It hasn't record. happened before. Uh, so Drew Brees' kids were the ones that made the announcement today. Uh, adorable. The four of them on the couch. The three boys wearing Drew Brees' jersey. You know, there's going to be somebody on social media who points out he's got the one daughter, the three boys. The boys have the football jersey, and the girl does not. And it's going to be almost going to be oh. a social media thing probably. Anyway, I, not for me for sure. But uh, this was the announcement from Drew Brees' kids today. After 15 years in the Saints and 20 years in the NFL, our dad is finally going to retire. So we can spend more time with us. Yay! How adorable is that, James? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Love the kids, Stevie. Love the kids. Uh, speaking of the kids, the Sens were back at it on Sunday night. Sens and Leafs. Let's get some hockey talk here. Dadnoff gives it back to Stutzla on that far side. Stutzla looking for a shooting lane. Across! Oh, man, what a goal there. Tim Stutzla, a ridiculous bit of stick handling before he sets up Drake Batherson, a beauty. Probably the goal everybody's talking about today. And that's Sportsnet's Chris Cuthbert with the call. And let's bring in my co-host from the Sens Nation podcast, the coach, Greg Kennedy, to help us break this one down. How are things, Greg? Things are great, Steve. It's been a great night after a really good hockey game. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I think every Sens fan did. It was, uh, well, it looked like it was in control and the Sens end up going up 4-1 in the game, but the Leafs pull the goalie very early in the third and get a couple of goals out of it. I mean, it was never really in doubt, though, really. I mean, (laughs) please. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think one important storyline, though, Steve, is DJ Smith's decision to uh, throw the coach's challenge in there on the the, uh, Ingvall and the crease play. And, hey, it could have gone a completely different way. You end up losing by a goal, and one got called back on a replay, so it sure makes him look like a genius now. Yeah, it sure does. And uh, it actually makes it all the more sweeter, really, because if you look at social media right now, Leaf fans are going berserk over the call, saying it was not goalie interference. I thought it was. It's close, but I thought it was. And I'm fascinated with this whole thing. The Sens just, I mean, Toronto's the best team in the North. They're 3-3 three and three against them. And Edmonton is a lesser team, and somehow they're 0-7 against the Oilers. So, I don't know. Is there any rhyme or reason in your mind behind why some teams thrive against some and not the others? Well, I think maybe a uh, the Ottawa Senator-like goaltending performance from uh, Mr. Hutchison probably helped a little tonight. That's part of it. But I, I, I don't think it's the entirety of it. And if we're going to talk goaltending, I mean, I know uh, that was one of the storylines that Matt Murray got hurt in the warm-up for this one. And so Joey Decord gets the start. And boy, I'm I'm at a stage, if I'm DJ Smith right now, and I'm sure I'm getting pressure from Pierre Dorian, but I mean, what's the definition of a number one goaltender? Is it not the goalie that gives you the best chance to win most nights? And isn't that Joey Decord at the moment? It certainly is. And if DJ's going to stick with his uh, win and you're in or play and you stay, uh, then it sure looks like uh, Joey Decord should be the goalie to start the next game as well. Wasn't it, uh, he had a couple of opportunities to handle the puck behind the net. And uh, I mean, just, we, we were talking in our last episode, our last full weekly episode about the importance every once in a while of just something simple 
like when you have to cut bait or something and just glassing out sometimes. And I mean, Joey DeCorda, <laughs> yeah. a better example of that in a lot of the Sens defensemen. Yeah, he did. He had, he had one beauty. It looked like, yeah, are the defensemen watching this play? Uh, there was yeah. another one play in the, in the, uh, at the end of the second intermission, they did a little stat or uh, a highlight pack of a couple of his saves. And one of them, you see him with his left hand catching glove, kind of touch the post before he comes out to play the shot. And I thought, geez, Marcus Hogberg should be watching this one. See, he, see how he tries to find his net and then get square to the shooter first. So yeah. he, he definitely looks better than tonight. He looked better than most performances they've gotten throughout the season. Boy, I'm so looking forward to the next, I don't know, however many years he's here. Watching Tim Stutzla dangle the puck. Oh. I mean, that was that not a thing of beauty? You've probably watched the NBA All-Star game before and they have the slam dunk competition and somebody does something unique and special and pulls off a dunk that blows everybody's mind and everybody on the bench that's watching, all the players and stuff, they're all going, oh, and like, yeah. hold me back. Oh, <laughs> that was me tonight. And I'm alone in front of my TV saying that. Like, that was yeah. really unbelievable. It was absolutely it? gorgeous. And, and you know what, though, Steve? Back up and look at the next goal. The, um, the, the TV guys seem to want to talk about Riley throwing it softly up the boards. And forgive me, I'm not sure which defenseman it was for Ottawa that kept it in. But it bounced right to Stutzla. He was very high in the zone along the wall. And he he moved his body ahead of time to protect the puck before he even got it. And then when he got it, he just kind of one touch backhand through his legs that ended up with the shot and the rebound to Batherson. Like little plays like that. Watch the game closely. Watch when this guy's on the ice. And those kind of things are just marvelous to watch. It's so wonderful to see. And like you said, I agree with you. Watching this guy for the next 10 years here is going to be a lot of fun. What did you think of the winning goal by Batherson? What turns out to be the winning goal, the fourth one? where you know, he basically roofs it. I, I was trying to decide, was he intending to do that or did he kind of fan on it? It was like a kind of a wedge shot that he had sort of fanned at, didn't get the full wood on it. What did you think, intentional or just one of those ones that kind of glanced at? He was trying to go high, um, whether whether he fanned on it and it still managed to go high or he, he just bobbled it and it went in. It, does it really matter? The kid's a goal scorer. I think he's proven that now, and and I think he's also proven that he, that confidence is a big part of his game. That this is a guy who's going to score goals in bunches. Um, hey, nobody's looking at pictures on a on a score sheet. Uh, that nice goal, nice play, and as I said earlier, the play by Stutzler to free up the plat the puck to get it down there to him was just it was a beautiful sight to see. Absolutely. So, what was the big difference tonight against Toronto compared to what we saw in the last couple of games in Edmonton? The big difference tonight, in my mind, was that, again, we talked about team identity, and this is a team that's built on rolling four lines, getting pucks deep, and forechecking hard. Two guys, dogs on a bone. You've talked about teams in this league that the Senators seem to be okay with and teams they can't be can't compete with. That's the difference here is that the, the Toronto blue line is Riley – and a bunch of old slow guys. Um, so mm-hmm. when you get to roll four lines, like you got some really good shifts tonight out of Bishop, uh, Watson, and Paul as your fourth line. And you got pucks in and you forechecked hard and you made things happen. And it allows the other guys to get a rest. It builds momentum. It builds confidence on the bench. Everybody feels good. And you're able to play your game and play to your identity. And they just don't seem to be able to do that against Edmonton, among other teams. So as you mentioned off the top, the Leafs end up pulling the goalie early and uh, they get a goal to make it 4-2. 
what the hell happened with Brady Kachuk there missing an open net? Like it looked like the Leafs defender was even letting up on the play. Like, Oh, this one's over (laughs) kind of casually just, you know, just doing it because, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. Go over there and try and stop him. And somehow some way Kachuk looked like he rifled it over top of the net. And then he and Colin white both had a chance and they seem to make a mess of it again. Um, So I'm sure Brady Kachuk will sleep a little better tonight, knowing they finished that one off without heading to OT. He's he's known for leading the league in hits and shots. He's not known for leading the league in shooting percentage. <laughs> That's true. And he, and, and he needs to be like five feet in front of the net to score too, right? With a goalie yeah. and four bodies all over him and stuff like that. I, this was just too easy for him. He, he, he nah, the hell with it. What's the matter? A <laughs> couple other things before we uh, wrap this up. The Leafs flew in on game day. That's unique. You don't often see that. And they certainly looked in the early going like a club that wasn't necessarily ready to hit the ground running when that thing started. How surprised were you here that the Leafs would fly in in a game day like that? Yeah, I, that that caught me off guard. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they do that again. Like a second in two nights. So what is it? You get more sleep this way. You can sleep in and then we'll fly in. Um, normally, you would have you would have come in. Like if it was a further distance than Toronto, they would have come in the night before after wherever they played. But mm-hmm. in this case, I, I'm, I'm sure they're... They're internally having a, a a meeting, a debriefing about whether that worked or not, and I'm guessing they're going to come up with, uh, no, it didn't work. Right. Let's head to the game sheet as we prepare to wrap things up. The Leafs outshot the Sens tonight 36-31. to Face-offs dead even, 50-50. And that reminds me, I do want to ask you about one of the Sens' face-off setups. End of the game, Sens are clinging to a lead. Leafs have the goalie pulled. The face-off is to the left of Joey Decord, and Ottawa wins it cleanly into the corner of the ice surface, but there's nobody there. Mike Riley is lined up on the right wing, and his job is to go get that puck. And because he's so far from the puck, a Leaf player gets there almost immediately after Riley does, and Riley turns it over at that stage. He can't get the puck out in time. And I, I wonder what you thought about that setup. Yeah, I don't know. You know, they, they do some strange things. I, I'm wondering if maybe they were they were trying to guess what the Leafs were going to do because the Leafs have got uh, Manny Maholzer over there now. And they've got all kinds of face-off plays. So maybe they're trying to come up with something. Okay, the Leafs are probably going to do this. Let's try to do this. It was strange. I, I did notice it and thought, what the heck is that? That looks different. But, hey, it, I mean, it worked. It worked in the end, right? Well, I mean, it worked. They won the draw, but then, you know, Riley is kind of late getting to the corner as a result of where he's set up. And a Leaf player joins him there, and obviously Riley's trying to go glassing out, but he can't get the follow through because the Leafs right on top of him. But maybe if he's down a little, just a just a little. I'm not saying you know line up yeah. on the left wing or anything like that, but maybe just a little more um, down toward the bottom of the circle that uh, they have a little more success there. Just something I noticed from the face. Yeah, like at seven o'clock, you're saying. Well, not even that much. Um, he's lined up at three p.m. as it was. I'm talking maybe five p.m. Just something to get you a little closer to the place where your centerman won the draw. Yeah, Just yeah. fade a little bit that way so you get there quicker and you can make a better play to try and get that puck out. Uh, penalty minutes, well, no contest there. Leafs uh, 21 to 7 as far as penalty minutes went. Um, giveaways 12-11 in favor of the Leafs and the Sens had uh, 17 to 9 advantage in the blocked shots. Power plays, Sens were 1 for 3, the Leafs were 0 for 1. What did you think of the fashion statement tonight, by the way? Looked like a Christmas uh, <laughs> festival of some kind. The, the Sens in their retro, what do they call them? Um, reverse retros. Yeah. And then the Leafs had their heritage retros with the old St. Pat's uh, deal with uh, this being St. Patrick's Day coming up on Wednesday. 
it uh, to me looked like a bit of a fashion disaster. Well, I thought this was a perfect opportunity for the Sens to show up wearing their 1920s uh, jerseys. Like, why not wear the the old silver seven jersey to play against the St. Pat's? That would have been cool. Yeah, you're right. That would look fantastic, actually. But uh, nothing looked better than the scoreboard tonight. And if you want to make Sens fans quickly forget about bad performances, just go ahead and beat the Leafs. And they did that tonight with a 4-3 win. Greg, thanks for jumping on to help us break this one down. And uh, by the way, um, we invite you to check out the podcast that Greg and I do, the Sens Nation podcast, available everywhere. Our website is sensnationhockey.com. Ottawa will get the Canucks next on Monday. And until then, Greg, we will talk to you soon. Looking forward to it, Steve. Thanks. All right. Jimmy and I are back with more after these words. How would you like to win your own home gym? Right now, Popeye Supplements, Fitness Depot in Ottawa and beyond yourself are teaming up to give away a custom home gym valued at $5,000. Now till April 4th, you can fill out a free ballot online and for every Beyond Yourself product you buy at Popeye's, you not only get 20% off, you get another ballot for the draw. It's the $5,000 Dream Home Gym Giveaway at PopeyesOnlineOrders.com. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call. Let's have that talk, and we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Reignite your love for driving with a new Ford from Jim K. Ford. Get behind the wheel and hit the road in a new 2021 model with great features available like Ford Copilot 360 driving technologies. You'll find all of the latest innovations that are made available for new Ford vehicles. Visit Jim K. Ford and ask about their great offers on models like the Escape, Edge, Explorer, Ranger, and the F-150. Only at Jim K. Ford in Orleans or at JimKFord.com. He's playing a big right-to-left looper. Easy. It got close yesterday. Oh, boy, that got an incredible first bounce. Yeah, it could have veered left. It's still going to go left, but it's... It looks like it's going to stay dry for the second day in a row. Wow, that's the longest five-wood on record. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. All right, let's get back at it here. And uh, Justin Thomas had himself a fine weekend. He is your winner of the unofficial fifth major, the Players' Championship, holding off the likes of Lee Westwood, Bryson DeChambeau, and, and claiming that and... Boy, I, I got thinking about 18. I don't know if you saw his tee shot in 18. How close was that to hitting the drink when he's got a one-shot lead? And it looked very much like he had just hooked that thing right into the water. But it just had eyes and stayed on the fairway, and he was able to finish that thing off. Yeah, the unofficial fifth major, it, it really is. You know, it's a fantastic tournament. It's got the toughest finish, I think, the toughest two holes uh, on this golf course. I'm, I I think they call it TPC. This one of the it TPC is, yeah. golf courses. So the seventeenth is the famous Island Green, and uh, it, it just murders guys. Okay, it's just oh, it's, it's so little, much fun though to watch, right? Totally fun to watch, and uh, you know it makes or breaks guys. Um, it literally, is an Island Green, a little bridge, a little grass bridge that goes across to it, and it, so you've got this. You know, it, it's all weekend, of course, right? That you watch this. Well, now on Sunday, when you get around to the leaders, and they've got the very birdieable 16th hole, par five. Mm. 
And then you're like, oh, that's good, man. He's got to go, oh, no, hang on now. Hang on. He's got to hit a tee shot on 17. And it's so it's, you know, completely high drama. Well, if that's not bad enough, so say you make a par, okay, and the, and the, the pin placement on the, on the last day is back right, okay, right, like about 10 paces off that, that part of the island, okay, that goes, just goes into death, you know, into the water. If that's not enough, then they've they got to stroll over to the 18th tee with, you know, the most daunting tee shot ever, given the circumstances. You know, the last hole. Water all along the left side. If you go too far right, you can't get to the green. Um, so anyway, it's got all that, man. It's got all that. Loved it. Loved it. And he rips that forward and, and starts to hook it, which nobody would. You know, nobody would. If they, if they hook it there, Stevie, or it, it goes a little right to left, it was kind of unintentional. You know, they're trying to hit a straight one, maybe a slight fade. Um, so there's that, Stevie. Okay, that that high drama. Corey Connors, by the way, 10 under. Great, great round today, six under. Yeah. And before you get um, away from Justin Thomas, though, I mean, how funny was his reaction, Jimmy? Totally. I mean, he's out there, and you can see he's got his cap going and puts it over his eyes and going, oh, geez. He knew he got away with one, like, start the car. And then he does a club twirl about 30 seconds after the shot as if, oh, yeah, I meant to do that. It was absolutely classic. He's hilarious. Fantastic. He's really good, man. He's great on social media. He's hilarious. He's animated. Uh, you're you're right. You know, the, the club twirl, right, is usually the follow through and then the spin, right? And knowing it's That's right. perfect, you know, knowing it's perfect. And that was hilarious. And then walking down, like you said, when, you know, he just had this absolutely petrified look when he saw a close <laughs> ball in the water. And he's, I'll tell you what, he's funny. Uh, I've told this story before. Brooks Kepka was on the cover of some men's sports magazine, Naked. Right. All right. Like doing this sort of side. That's ESP on the body issue. Yeah, there you go. So you remember that, and and he said, you know, the 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 caption was, "Pick up the latest copy of the ESPN Sports issue," and that was on Instagram. And Justin Thomas said, "Nah, I'm okay, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> well, talk sort about setting like, yourself up for a chirp chirp fest from all your buddies. No kidding, man. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? A copy of me naked on a cover of a magazine. <laughs> he was like, "No, I'm good, man. I'm good." Yeah. Yeah, and you know who else did it? Was NHLer Ryan Kessler, who is an old teammate of Kevin Bieksa, who of course is on Hockey Night in Canada on a regular basis. Sure. Sure. Every once in a while, you'll see if you look over Kevin BX's shoulder, you know, everybody's got the books behind them when they're on the Zoom call. Sure, sure. Well, he's got a picture of Ryan Kessler in the ESPN body issue, half naked. Uh, oh, in a no. Picture, picture frame on the, on the, on the oh. shelf right behind him. It's classic. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the other, the other hook Stevie is, okay, 2.7 mil to the winner of the players. Wow. $15 million purse. Uh, so Corey Connors, I think, places sixth. Uh, that's going to be a huge check for him. And and uh, the, his caddy's a friend of mine from Edmonton. I told you awesome. last week. Yeah, cool story. He's going good. Corey Connors is going good, man. And the Masters is in a couple of weeks, a few weeks. And he's right in there, man, playing great golf, fantastic golf. They're calling him Steve if not the best, one of the best iron players out there right now. Wow. For, yeah. So he's starting to get some, some applause, some recognition, and he's the real deal. He's the real deal, man. So great year that to be a awesome. Canadian golf fan. Yeah. And that's a big, that, as, back to the purse angle, that's a, that's got to be beyond the, you know, being the FedEx cup winner. And that's more of a tournament play thing. It's not just a single event. That's got to be the, 
richest single purse in golf then what we saw today then right yeah let's see uh let me just let me just search it you're quicker than i am prize money here it is you know siri siri must hear me stevie it's creeping me out it's creeping me out (laughs) here's the payout uh for the for the cash uh in 1974 stevie okay it was 250 grand to jack nichols okay Winner wow. Justin Thomas picks up 2.7. Corey Connors, 500 grand for placing 10th or wow. placing 6th. How is it going? Well, and you know, you think about Westwood and DeChambeau and how, you know, they just, uh, what was it, the fourth hole, I want to say, where they both just shanked the ball into the water. Yes. Yes. Like just crazy. I want to like say you- 68. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was like a 70. Yeah. Um, yeah, by the way, you got to watch with Siri because she's not only like listening to everything you're saying, she's, she's in there watching everything you're doing as well. You got to keep that in mind as well. So yeah, mind your P's and Q's, whatever you get up to. Well, she, Siri, she, Siri may come along and say something along the lines of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say my name. Say my name. Well, Siri c- clearly is busting a move on me all the time. All the time. Back right. off, Siri. Okay. I that's what the, only- that's what, that was my reference to say my name. Yeah, I yeah, I got it there at the end. Yeah. I just <laughs> wasn't ready to pull the pin on it. Well, say my name. Say my name. <laughs> cradle 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 cradle. Say my name. <laughs> Isn't that the Sylvester Stallone thing? Say my name. Um uh, well yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's yeah. one of the people who have said it. It's quite quite a famous line just to, in general. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, and, and you know what the on, on the Deshambo the Deshambo uh thing was I mean he he looked like he was gonna take a run. And uh, had an eagle, I think it was on 16, kind of coming out of nowhere. So he for sure, and Westwood too, he missed a short pot, I think, on 17. So he would have been right there with an opportunity to maybe get back in it on 18. But uh, they're both probably thinking back to that fourth hole, like, how are we doing? The- My right. God, you suddenly look like uh, weekend hackers all of a sudden on the fourth tee and just shank it into the water, both of us. Very strange. Yeah, it kill- yeah it kills you on the final day, right? Like everyone will say, well, hang on, hang on to, you know, you missed a putt there, but don't forget you made the forty footer on Thursday, and the and the right. golf the pro looks at the guy going, "Shut up, okay." <laughs> <laughs> it's a seventy two hole tournament. It's yeah. more than that. It's like yeah, right. but this is happening at this time. And anyway, so that was the uh, the scene. Way to go, Corey the, Connors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we'll uh, we'll look forward to seeing what he can do in a couple of weeks' time, particularly at the Masters. And uh, boy, it's weird to say that, huh? When they just we just so recently yeah, saw the Masters. November. But uh, what's not weird about all things COVID when you get down to it? Um, certainly some sad news in the world of sports, and that is the passing of marvelous Marvin Hagler, an absolute legend, passed away, I believe today, um, at the or sorry, on Sunday, at the age of 66. And I mean, I was a marginal boxing fan, but that trio of Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, and Thomas Hearns I mean, those three were just so elite. Seemed like every other time in boxing, there was one guy or maybe two guys, but the three of these guys were just so good and they just hammer each other. You know, you know, not, not heavyweights, not lightweights either, but it's just that this interesting mix of speed and power. There's a, one of the rounds between Hagler and Thomas Hearns, and I think you, if you're on social media at all today, and anything on Marvin Hagler, they're probably you're probably seeing that one round in in one of their bouts. It was the most violent. It was like they might as well have 
been out there hitting each other with two by fours. It was just some of the most violent boxing I've ever seen. The, the, the speed, the relentlessness, the power of the punches, the connection. Like if you told me that those two guys were out of boxing after that because of, you know, massive concussions, I'd have believed you. But those three guys were just absolutely so special, not just in their era, but in the history of boxing. It was an amazing time if you were a fight fan and uh, certainly some sad news to hear of marvelous Marvin Hagler passing away today. Yeah, and uh, the bo- boxing is the great nickname. It was Hitman, Hitman Hearns. Right? Yep, that's right. Nickname. Hitman yeah. Hearns, marvelous Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, there was uh, lots of... I would throw Roberto Duran into that mix as well as uh, just uh, tremendous fighters of that era. And as we go to break here, uh, here is uh, Hearns versus Hagler. It was round one of their famous fight, and it's often referred to as the greatest round of boxing ever. And it's courtesy of ESPN. These guys would definitely pace themselves. There has been no boxing at all, just fighting here. Just slugging. Blood on the face of Marvin Hagler. Again, we can't quite tell where it's coming from while Hagler continues to dish out punishment. And now Hearns bounces right back. This may be the most brutal even round you've ever seen in boxing. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call. Let's have that talk, and we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Hey, do you love pizza? Everybody loves pizza. What a question. Well, you need to check out Pico. If you haven't had Pico pizza, you got to. It's made so fast right in front of you with only the best, freshest ingredients. Create your own Pico masterpiece or... Choose from one of their incredible chef-inspired variations. Pico, a totally fresh, delicious, innovative take on pizza. Order online today or drop into Pico at 236 Richmond Road or 170 Metcalf or the new location in the market at 305 Rideau. Jim K. Ford is a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. They supply companies in the Ottawa area with work trucks of all shapes, sizes, and functionalities, from small delivery vans up to the big F-750s. Whether you're in towing, landscaping, or deliveries, Jim K. Ford will help you with the right truck for your needs. JimKFord.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. And if you're thinking of buying or selling a home in the Ottawa area, I recommend the Glenn Walton Real Estate Team. Glenn helped me sell our home back in the fall, and he set aside a budget to help us out with painting, cleaning, and even updating our ceiling lights for us. We got multiple offers, and the home sold for well over asking price, Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. Had breakfast with Glenn this morning, James. It was lovely. Hitting the Broadway and Riverside South, our haunt, so all good. A couple of beers, maybe? Breakfast beers? No, no breakfast beers. Oh, I can but, tell uh, you did. I can tell you No, did. I don't think I can get it till 11 o'clock. I think it's against the law. Oh, not the places I hung out, Stevie. <laughs> Listen, when I used to do the show... There was a there was a bar in Hunt Club. Uh, it was a it was a guy I knew from my past who bought this little pub. Mm-hmm. There was a little pub, there was a little bar in the in a strip mall there, and uh, made a real impact on you, right? You can't even remember the name. So. Well, I who cares? I just knew how to get there. 
in any event, me and uh, who, who went, I, me and JR went there one day and we took Kevin McGowan. It was during Christmas. And these guys said, boy, it'd be good to get a drink. You know, not so much JR, but me and McGowan <laughs> were good drinkers. God and that was the soul. old morning man at uh, Cool FM back in the day. Yeah, God God rest his soul. He died several years ago, but mm-hmm. he, him and I didn't mind having a drink. He says, sure, it would be nice if we could get a drink after work, you know? It's like happy hour for us, Stevie, when we get off air at 9 a.m. Right. I said, I got just the spot. And, and we used to go in there and, and drill back a bunch of Caesars, Stevie, after us. Nice. Uh, and we could never get home. You know, we had to we had to cab at home all the time by quarter after eleven in the morning. I was just annihilated. Liquor so, license be damned. Yeah, it's well, probably just as the- well you didn't name this place. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The guys, yeah, the guys going to be in the, the, the firearms and alcohol and tobacco deal are going to show up and shut them down. Yeah. Anyway, I've, I've you're you're probably right. I better not say it. But it was a long time ago. But, I'll pull the address out. Uh, after the show, I'll just yeah. edit that out just for the yeah, sake of the innocent. In yeah. Uh, bus driver Bruce to close out the show as an email for us. And you can email us too. I probably don't promote that enough. You can email us Steve W project at outlook.com. You have any comments about the show in the big picture or subjects we talk about, please send something along. We'd love to get your feedback on things. Bus driver Bruce writes, I was listening to the latest podcast and I love the football talk. I'm a diehard football fan and started with the CFL when I was a kid and eventually NFL, then college as well. I played local football in the city from Tyke to Junior Bowl. In Midget, we played Canadian rules, but with four downs. It was awesome. My thought is this. What if the CFL and the XFL, and they are talking right now, having negotiations of some kind of partnership together, what if the two leagues come up with some sort of hybrid rules? Maybe it could be four downs and 11 players on the field, unlike 12 in Canada, but then maybe you keep the pre-snap motion and use our field size. Two less players out there, lots more room. Anyway, what do you guys think? We talk, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, and, and over the years, everyone, you know, talks about it. Like I said, there's this kind of over-the-top overreaction from a lot of fans of the CFL. People have been close to it. People who, like you and I, grew up with, with our father, watching it, and we, and we got these these great sentimental, you know, memories of, of it, and. And people hang on to that stuff. It's great. But but a lot of these people are going, there's no GD way. You're changing the rule. That's what makes it unique. Uh, three downs, you know, there, there, there's no way. To, I'll never watch again. No season ticket. Right? Okay, there's all this. Is that how they said the, it? Is that how that's they how articulated they it? Exactly. it? Yeah, okay, good. Well, it was like a Jerry Lewis deal. Uh, hey, no more to the NFL. Uh, wow, um, lady with a flavor. <laughs> my, my, but, but. Like I like I was saying before, just relax. Mm-hmm. Let's try something different. You, you give it a whirl. You know, try the four down. Everyone's been talking about it. Get get everyone on the same playing field. Excuse the pun, Stevie. And if you know, it, it's going to work. It's going to work. It's not going to affect the. You know, it's not going to affect you cheering for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders if that goes to four downs, Steve. If they narrow the field, if they shorten the end zone. You know what well, I mean? And based on our, well, based on our poll, I would say that uh, most people are okay with it, at least tolerating it. They say they'll still go to Red Blacks games if the CFL became the XFL and they decided to go to four downs, they'd still go. Like we had about 1,200 people who voted on our poll and 73% would still go. So, there, but, but you're right. There's still people out there. That's just 27% who 
who are making those noises that you just did. <laughs> and, and just let's let we should address Bruce's question, though. Um, he was asking about hybrid rules. And uh, I really think that, yeah, that could work. I don't, I don't have any faith that this is going to be a true merger. I think there's a partnership that's brewing here potentially where they might affiliate somehow. I don't think that we'll see the Red Blacks playing against teams in the XFL. And, you know, like I think that's probably not going to happen because I just can't see anybody in the XFL. If you're an XFL fan right now, there's, you know, all these teams from the CFL are going to go down there and you're going to be like, what is this? You know, first of all, uh-huh. where is uh-huh. Ottawa? I don't know where Ottawa is. What the hell am I watching here? But okay. And now and now they're, they're bringing their rules with them. Um, America and football, there's not really a lot of room for them to be flexible on rule changes, as we saw with the early 90s and, and such with, uh, you know, the Shreveport Pirates and the like. So I don't think it'll be happening, but let's say it did. And to Bruce's point, could it work with some sort of hybrid rules? Yeah, I think that's the only way it could work. There's got to be some level of compromise, either or, or or neither league and its fan bases as they exist right now will tolerate it. You know, a CFL fan, you you're taking everything away from the CFL. There's like nothing that will exist that wouldn't go over very well. And uh, and same same is true with the American fans in the XFL for the reasons I just indicated. So uh, I think there probably will be some sort of compromise, some sort of hybrid, if it happens at all, which I don't think it will. Well, here's an interesting thought, conversely, Steve, to all this. And I will ask you, my friend. Mm -hmm. Is three-down football keeping people away from going to CFL games? I would think some are, yeah. I think some fans. Okay. Well, you you articulated that, that I'll start going to games now if you go to the XFL on the four-down ball. And I think, you know, we... uh, That's true. I forgot about that. I yeah, answered my own question. I can't believe people are doing what I actually said I would do. Right, yeah, right well, <laughs> well, I would because of this whole new league thing, you know, but 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 say there was no merger. Say leave the XFL aside and people are just looking at declining audiences, uh trying, you know, trying to find a good schedule. It's so tough to have football in the summer in Canada because cottage cottage time is so valuable, right? Mm-hmm. It's so in in the summers, right? So people don't attend games. Uh, I don't know what the TV audiences are like, but but I sense the CFL is just on the brink all the time lately. So there's some teams for sure. So XFL aside, if they if they if they made some rule changes, would it bring would it bring people back? Um, initially, I think people would would pour it on to watch it if they said, okay, this year we're doing four downs, smaller fields, short end zones. You know, Government yeah, I don't know how many NFL fans that would be. That probably is our next poll question. If you're an NFL fan that doesn't like the CFL, never goes, will you start going? If suddenly it's all NFL rules as you know them, is that sure. uh, going to bring you to the park? It would be interesting because, and, and if it does go down that way and you have an XFL, CFL style thing, you've got the number of teams now that will start getting close to the idea of maybe it becomes a true feeder league to the NFL. And that would probably appeal to NFL fans in Canadian markets as well. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that the, the quarterback for my local team, maybe next week, you know, he's brought up to the NFL um, because, you know, you can't really affiliate in the here and now because, well, there's over 30 teams in the NFL and the CFL and the XFL don't have nearly that. But com- combined, then you can start looking at, well, maybe we can get this thing going as a true feeder league. And sure. Yeah, that might sure. be an option, too. There was always talk about uh, at, uh, at some point whether Toronto and to some extent probably Vancouver, should they get an NFL team? 
And I, I think the I think the kicker is Buffalo and Seattle come up and go, no, not a chance. Not a chance because of because of the audience, right? But the Buffalo Bills get lots of Toronto fans that come to their games on a weekly basis. So that's definitely uh They do, but concern. they might lose them. Right. You know, there there's uh anyway, there's that sort of issue, but I don't know, I'm babbling yep. on them. I don't know. No, it's all good. We'll uh We'll call it quits right there. We'll take, unless you have any final thoughts. Well, I had my final need- thought, but I did it at the beginning. Ah, the final thought was at the beginning. So if you the want curly. to get a final thought right now, go back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good timing because Michael is just charged in the door making lots of noise. So we'll call it quits right there. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the day after we turned our clocks forward daylight savings time and all so do be careful on the roads today they do say that uh, there's always more car crashes the day after daylight savings time really right yeah, wow it's a true story boy stevie we should get you doing the the final thoughts that's fantastic with the morbidity that's beautiful let's do that yeah what a nice final thought no it's a nice warning to people because i care about you? people you don't care about anybody that's what your problem wrong i care you? i'm a i'm a i'm a people person over here what is wrong with you steve <laughs> all right see you later Good night, everybody. We'll see you.